Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, thank you for joining us today on Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. I'm joined by a special guest, a new friend, and uh, excited to talk excited to tell some hunting stories and just get to know each other a little better we got mr matt jennings matt how are you man i'm doing well man how are you doing today man i am absolutely finer than frog hair that's pretty fine i'm from the south and that's that's real fine (laughs) (laughs) 70 degrees here in kansas shot my bow for about an hour this morning and uh you can't beat that no man you've had a good day better better than mine i've been on conference calls and checking emails and doing all that fun stuff but i'm gonna try to shoot my bow here in a little bit because this we finally got a pretty day it's been raining down here in the south this seems like every other day so i'm gonna go try to work on our suntan and shoot the bow for a little bit yes sir these are the kind of days man i find myself just working on the deck and uh sitting out sitting out on the deck with my computer and uh getting work done from out there since it's so pretty yeah i don't blame you at all on that one now you are the host of the game correct Yes, sir. That is it. The game. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you got to where you're at, man. How did all this come to happen? Uh, well, first off, the good Lord. Um, he's helped me to get where I'm at 100%. Um, but I started uh, my business roughly two and a half, three years ago, or August of 2018. Um, just started out on a limb, and uh, I was working with another guy through another show, and we was being successful, and um, I just kind of branched out, went my own way, and uh, my buddy, Stephen Tucker, he was actually started it with me, and he is the current world record holder um, right now out of the good state of Tennessee. He killed a little 315-inch uh, three-year-old. and uh, A little bitty muzzle, one, huh? A little bitty one, three years <laughs> old, yeah. And, uh, and me and him rocked and rolled for a year, and we, like I said, we started in August, and which you know a lot of people don't know but a lot of the are all the marketing's done you know february january you know way prior to august and uh the good lord blessed us enough to give us a little bit of money to run on and we really showed out and had a really good year i think we killed a thousand or twelve hundred inches of bone with our bows that year and uh had a really good hit and uh was having a lot of traction and long story short on his behalf he uh little baby was on the way and he had some stuff come up and he just couldn't fulfill all the obligations and he wanted to step away for a little bit and uh which me and him still great friends to this day i consider him like my brother um and he told me you know when everything got settled down that he would come back and uh, which he still helps me in tennessee 
and I hunt with them guys every year, and uh, we always have good luck up there. They got some awesome properties, and uh, man, honestly, is just a little kid with a dream. You know, I'm just a little redneck from Woodland, Alabama. I ain't nothing special, and I just kind of took it and run with it and made connections and and did it. I guess enough good work that I couldn't be denied on some stuff and finally started really getting some recognition and man I just been holding on to the handlebars keeping it full throttle ever since and I'm at where I'm at today you know now where can people watch the game uh we're running or we're running on uh carbon tv uh the mossy oak go app uh my outdoor tv hunt channel and then uh youtube page and then we do a lot of our mainstream stuff through the facebook off the game page um that's kind of our bread and butter uh we also have an instagram page but i usually just run it through my personal page on instagram and uh matthew jennings 1990 the game and uh i've been wanting to go i've run on pursuit channel before and i've been wanting to go back on it full stream but i don't want to I don't want to put the cart in front of the horses. I just want to make sure I want to get with the right people and stick with the right people and build your relationships before we, you know, make that plunge. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, before we go any further, let me give a quick thank you to my friends at Delta McKenzie. I am, uh, I'm in the process of building a, uh, a backyard 3d range and, uh, should be done by about Monday. And, uh, here's what I've done. I've, I've got me about six 3d targets from Delta McKenzie and uh and i'm building uh, a new back deck and uh my contractor is building me a shooting platform in the left corner of my deck so i can climb up that elevated platform and uh shoot from an elevated platform at at uh different 3d targets in my backyard anywhere from you know 15 yards to 40 yards so uh i'm incredibly excited delta mckenzie makes some incredible targets so go check them out and all of their awesome targets. And my personal favorite one, uh, the Goblin target, uh, just fun to shoot. So uh, go check out Delta McKenzie uh, and all their awesome targets. So with the birth of this um, this this show, you said it was two years ago, correct? Yes, sir. Has that has that kind of altered your mindset towards you know wanting to hunt for a living? No, 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 sir, not at all. I've been, I guess I've been dreaming about this since, I guess, I was eight years old. Um, first deer ever killed, I was sitting in my daddy's lap with a 20-gauge shotgun, chewing sunflower seeds, you know, shooting a bull with him. And, man, I ain't been right since. And, uh, <laughs> like, I haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never been, you know, obsessed with anything but deer hunting. I love it. I would rather do that than breathe any day of the week. And anybody that knows me personally they uh they can vouch for me i mean before i mean regardless if a a camera's with me which they're always with me now um regardless at the end of the day i'm going hunting or fishing or i'm gonna be outside you know doing something regardless if i got a big camera over my shoulder yeah the only reason i asked man is because uh i had a friend one time and i'm, I'm not going to say any names because i i don't have the permission to but uh he was a school teacher and decided to uh he got offered or he won enough or however it works uh to go on the pro fishing tour so he told his wife he said man this is a dream of mine um <laughs> you know i've always wanted to do this and and uh i i gotta give it at least a year i need to do it just yeah. for a year so i can say i did so i can live the dream so i can 
you know, be there and, and feel what it's like. And so he did it and uh, just was wildly successful. And, uh, you know, he won like $500,000 in his first year. Uh, awesome. So need, needless to say, 10 years later, he's still a pro fisherman. Um, but, uh, and that's why I asked, cause I was talking with him one day and he's like, you know, man, it's just a job now. Uh, you know, I used yeah. to, ex- I used to escape from my job by going fishing and now, you know, you're on the water all day long and you get off the water, load the boat up and you might have to drive six hours that night to be at the next lake in the next, the next morning. And, uh, you know, I just told him, I'm like, you know, man, I, you know, I've had the, the unique pleasure of making hunting, uh, my living. And, and I've certainly never felt like that a day in my life. So, uh, I was just curious to know, man. Well, I mean, you know, it's got its pros and its cons. I mean, when everything's going, I, I guess you would say right or going your way, yeah, it's all easy peasy. Um, but when it's not and you've got, you know, your company's calling you going, hey, I need this and I need that, and you're taking a butt whipping everywhere you go because uh, at the end of the day, man, you can't control a wild animal. You can't control Mother Nature. And, you know, sometimes it don't go your way. And you just gotta, you gotta keep your head down and keep grinding. And, and, uh, and the, I guess the hardest part is, you know, when you're in camp with a lot of people, you know, that, that look up to you or put you on, you know, that platform and you're not having no luck and you're taking a butt whipping, you gotta come in and be in a good mood and you gotta talk to them. And, you know, you might have to take some pictures with them or sign their shirts and all that stuff. But, that that would probably be, I'd say, the toughest part is, which I'm always in a good mood because I've been blessed more than than I deserve. But I would say that that just, I guess, mentally and physically wears on you, and uh, just you know having to be on all the time. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't take nothing for it um, because you got your high points and your low points. It can it can suck all year long, and then within you know a head turn, man, it's the best year you ever had. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, uh, that's how it goes sometimes. And, uh, it's fun when it happens that way. And now, uh, what, what, what's your setup this year look like for, as far as bear archery goes, what kind of bow you running? Um, what's it, how's it set up? Uh, I'm shooting the, the new redemption, uh, EKO, uh, and I've got it. I've had it probably now for three months, I would say. And, I mean, out of the box, it probably shot the by far the, the prettiest bullet hole I've ever seen go through a piece of paper. And I looked at my bow guy, Harley Clark, because he was kind of giving me a hard time and uh, about it because they're bow tech guys, you know. You know how every bow shop is. They got their favorite yep. bows, you know. And, and he was trying – he was giving me a hard time, and I shot that bullet hole, and he looks at me, and he goes, well – he said, I don't give you no hard time no more. He said, that's probably the best-looking bullet hole that's ever been shot in the shop. And I really? said, I to- And I said, I told you, man. And uh, I've been fortunate enough. I killed a, uh, I've killed two turkeys with it. Uh, I reaped one, uh, cut its throat at 35 yards, and then shot another one at 56 yards just to break her in and get a little blood on the limb so she'd be ready to rock and roll when it got September. Um, but, man, I'm loving it right now. I mean, it's smooth. I mean, the uh, the let off on it, man. You know, which you can adjust it from. I think it's seventy five to ninety, and uh, I got mine set on eighty five. And pretty much, you have to push it down. And, yeah. Uh, 
the new uh what i was really impressed with was the the new lock level in the riser um it makes it's a really a game changer for when you're fine tuning and getting everything set up and dialed in you can just look at you know look at that level and make sure you know i guess it just gives you a peace of mind in other words yeah absolutely i uh man i have a super similar experience with my bow in the setup and i'm not going to name the shop because i don't have great things to say about them but uh <laughs> i got it on a thursday and uh i was just super anxious to uh to get out i was going hunting that friday morning so i was like well i think i can get this set up tonight hunt with it in the morning mm-hmm. and uh i usually go to a bow shop in missouri uh which is a few hours away but i just wanted to hunt with it that next morning so i, I took it to a local shop and uh you know, I'd had, had a little issues with the guys before, but I really wanted this bow set up. And so I walk in and they immediately start giving me troubles about the bear and, uh, immediately started making, I was going to shoot a whisker biscuit for the first time in like nine years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they started laughing at a whisker biscuit, poking fun at it. And, uh, and then they went on to saying, well, you're shooting a four flat shot. will never work out of a whisker biscuit. And I said, dude, just let me set just the bow up, there. you know, just put, just it, put it together. Yeah. I'm paying you um, for it. Just shut up and put it yes, on. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so I finally got them to, uh, to put it together and, uh, and lo and behold, that bow very first shot out of the box, whisker biscuit, four fletch. They had laughed at it and made fun of it. Bullet hole. And, uh, I basically said, well, thank you very much, sir. And walked out. But, uh, man that bow yeah yeah no i was i was shocked man um first first shot out of the box bullet hole went out the next friday morning and i shot a buck here in kansas and uh just couldn't have been happier man um really that's that's awesome man that's a that's a heck of a story ain't no doubt and really what the best part was is is uh and and i've told this story before on the podcast so i don't want to relive it too much but um that deer uh, came out and I was shooting the SK2 from sick. And uh, mm-hmm. I, again, I, I've kind of shied away from mechanicals for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but with the design of that, that broadhead, I figured I'd, I'd give it a shot. And uh, that was the first animal I shot with that, with that broadhead and uh, actually busted through both shoulders of a mature Kansas whitetail. So I was just, man, blown away by the performance of the redemption by the performance of a whisker biscuit and uh and that that broadhead and you know i i I questioned and i doubted long distance accuracy with the whisker biscuit but uh you know i've got her out to 80 so far and uh just performing great man so uh what's your what's your accessory setup like oh i'm running the uh they lighted up uh trophy ridge quiver which is awesome by the way i don't know the the full name of it i just know it lights up and it's the, like the best thing since sliced bread you don't even need a flashlight <laughs> be hex- no more hex light uh, yeah the hex light that's it and uh that thing man out of there everything i get all year long like that's probably the most like game changer thing to me because you know how tough it is when you're getting set up in a tree or going to a tree you're always looking for your flashlight or doing something and you pop that thing on green light and you're ready to rock and roll and it's already pointed to the ground and uh, because i used it several times turkey hunting this year and uh but uh using that uh the trophy ridge drop away um i really like it so far hadn't haven't haven't had any issues out of it um 
everything's pretty much trophy ridge on my bow besides the bear. Um, I'm shooting, I think, the six inch trophy ridge stabilizer. Um, just because, you know, in tight, tight areas, I can get a little bit more movement out of it. And uh, just kind of, yeah, I think the more compact you are in hunting, the better advantage you got at the end of the day because it never goes how you plan on it going, you know. No, it doesn't. Sometimes you got to do a goonie flip and stand on you do a backflip to shoot one usually the way it goes for me it don't never just come by and hey let me shoot you you know if you got to do a acrobatic twist to shoot at them <laughs> yeah uh down there in the south man it's uh it's a lot it's a lot thicker uh guys oh, don't yeah. understand you know i grew up in northwest arkansas um hunting the ozarks and uh you know, guys don't understand when I moved to Kansas, man, this whole idea of seeing a deer from 200 yards coming in from a wheat field <laughs> yeah. was, was, was unknown to me. Um, yeah. Well, I tell, you know, I tell all my buddies that live in the Midwest and in Kansas and all that, I said, but if you have to live in Alabama, you'd probably take up golf or tennis because hunting down here ain't nothing like it is up there. It, totally nothing. different world. No, it's sir. a different ball game. It's a, yep. it's like hunting a different species, a different animal. I mean, it's, it's insane. And, it uh, is. You know, that's, that's the beauty of whitetail hunting is, uh, is whitetail hunting in Texas is nothing like whitetail hunting in Kansas and white and whitetail hunting in the, in the, you know, the Ozark mountains or the, the big mountains are are nothing like hunting, uh, you know, and, and, and Colorado is completely different than hunting in Missouri. I mean, it's just, it's a different game everywhere you go. Oh yeah. I mean, and I think at the end of the day down in the South, it's it's tough for hunting or I know it's tough for hunting. Um, and don't get me wrong now in the Midwest, I mean, it's still tough hunting. They're just not going to walk by you and let you shoot them. Um, but I think coming from the South and being successful down here, I can take my knowledge. And when I go up North, I can adapt to that situation a whole lot quicker than a lot of people would because, just where I come from, my roots kind of kick in and that, that sixth sense come, my superpowers, as I call it, they kick in and you can just read everything a little bit quicker and a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, before we move on, I, you are a close partner of Scentlock, correct? Yes, sir. I am. Man, those guys over there, uh, not only some of my best friends and some of the greatest guys in the history of the world to work with, uh, but their products are absolutely just incredible. Um, what what kind of system are you running from from Scentlock? Man, uh, pretty much everything they carry, to be honest with you, because it's all so good. Uh, but probably the most thing I've been impressed with uh, since this past year would be the new uh, BE One reactor heated vest. It's been a game changer for me. I would say you yes. already know that if if you're tied yes. in with them at any, or if you're pretty much a a U.S. citizen and deer hunt, you already know what that is. If you don't, you're missing out because I mean, it will uh, it'll definitely give you that, I guess, extra mental stability to sit up there on a 20 degree day and 30 mile an hour winds. You can kick that joker on and you're like in the Bahamas. You know, I mean, it just it takes the it takes the pain out of that twenty degree day. Yes, yes, you're absolutely you're you're spot on with that, man. Um, and my boss, um, my boss is funny because I, I work for Pope and Young. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm the marketing director at Pope and Young, and uh, okay. And my boss over there, 
said one time, you know, back, I don't know how many years ago, but, you know, before electronics were, were real prominent in the hunting industry, he was on a duck hunt and he pulled out some, some electronic heated hand warmers. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he said, all the guys were poking fun of me saying, Oh, look at you. You got to have electricity to keep you warm and blah, blah, you know, that's what <laughs> he said, well, it's like a four degree day duck hunting. And, uh, you know, they're all trying to blow in their hands and, and, uh, and keep their hands thawm out, and yeah. he said they look over at me, and my hands are steaming warm, and just you know, I pull my hands out of my pocket, and and uh, you know, I could feel and touch, and and he said, sure enough, next time we come back into camp, all these guys had electric heat uh, hand warmers, yeah, and uh, and that's just, it, man, laugh at me all you want, but I'm gonna stay out longer, I'm gonna be more comfortable. And when you're more comfortable, you'll be more still in the tree stand. You'll, yep. you'll, 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 uh, you'll be, and so ultimately you'll be more successful. Oh, yeah. Um, but man, you're absolutely right. Scentlock makes some incredible products. And that's my favorite thing about Scentlock. What you said is you said, I have all their products. Um, I hate my, my pet peeve is a clothing company and you look at it and you're like, well, it's all late season. Well, I mean, yep. I don't have anything to wear early season or it's all early season. I don't have anything once it gets cold. Um, and Scentlock covers you for all bases, uh, which is why I love them. Uh, because whether I'm hunting in Texas uh, and it's 90 or whether I'm hunting in, in Kansas when it's 10, I'm covered yep. and I'm comfortable. Yep. Um, so, yeah, man, do you use any of the Oz products? I do. Uh, I got one Oz unit. Um, as much as we stay in my truck riding, it's a must <laughs> because yeah. after you travel, you know, six months out of the year in one truck, man, it can it can get pretty stinky here and there. <laughs> and uh, usually after every trip or when I'm on a trip, I always I have it turned on and just to kill all the bacteria and odors because at the end of the day, I got to get in that truck to go hunting and I don't want no other, you know, odors on me. If I can, if I can get a head start on my odors in my truck, that just gives me an advantage and the Oz unit helps me do that. Have you ever used the Infuse? Uh, no, I have not. Do you know what it is? I do know what it is. I've seen it, but I've never used it. I'm gonna blame Dude. Steve. I'm gonna blame Steve for that. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to my man Steve Valley from Scent Lock. But no, he ain't got me one of those yet. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I like giving people shout outs, but I like not telling them I gave them a shout out. Because oh, then I get, because then I get to see if they actually listen to my podcast or not. So, oh yeah, if, if we get a text from Steve, we'll know we'll, he listens. We'll, we'll know he listened to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, man, the infuse, if you use field spray, uh, yep. any kind of field spray, the infuse is one of the greatest investments you'll ever make. Uh, because I mean, if you use field spray, you might go through four or five bottles in a year. Well, you're already up 15, 16, 20 bucks. Uh, oh, yeah. and for 120 bucks, you have a, a refillable, reusable, um, ozone generator that infuses your water with ozone then you spray it onto your clothes i mean it's a game changer it's absolutely incredible um, I, so go check out the infuse from oz and i've noticed too a lot of people is using it other than the outdoor industry type people people's using it in their homes you know sporting events you know you know a bunch of different ways besides just hunting um, yeah my wife my wife uses it for countertops and and uh everything so it's it serves more purposes than just uh, stinky clothing for sure. 
Now, what is your uh, what's your upcoming year look like? What's your big hunts for this year look like? Uh, we'll start off in Tennessee for the August velvet hunt. Uh, we'll start out there for three days, jump on an airplane, head up to uh, Minnesota to 4T Outfitters to my good buddy Tony Dorn. He runs an awesome place up that way. Uh, we'll go on a five to six day bear hunt. He's got some giant black bears up there. And, and then also every now and then we'll get a good colored bear, cinnamon bear in there and uh, hunt up there for five or six days, hop back on a plane, roll into the bluegrass state, Kentucky, up at uh, One Fatal Mistake, hunt there for five days. Um, kind of after that, come home, take a break, catch up on some sleep. Um, roll out back to uh, more likely Tennessee, I guess, for their opener. I got some really good property up there this year. Hunt up there for a few days. Go to Ohio um, to hunt up my place up there. And uh, then I got Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Indiana, Oklahoma, and Texas, I think. Good Lord. Yeah, Making we'll be- it a tour. Yes, sir. I like to keep it interesting. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you Mister Fifty because it seems like you hit all fifty states in a year, dude. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish now, I could. Now we are in the heat of turkey season. Are you a turkey hunter at all? I, I am. I am. I would. Well, I know I you love, shot one just a couple couple weeks ago, a couple yeah. days ago, but um, you know, there's a difference in going out and shooting a turkey and being a turkey hunter. Oh yeah, man. Turkey hunters are a different breed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no doubt about that. Uh, I've Man, learned. I've got this guy. I've got this friend of mine, and and he uh, he travels like he'll go on like a turkey tour. You know, he'll oh, go yeah. Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Colorado, and I'm like, why? It's just a turkey. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm like, man, you mentioned bear, and I'm like, dude, there's spring bear seasons. There's hogs. I can be to Oklahoma in an hour and hunt hogs. I can yep. kill as many as I want tonight, any way I want to, any anyhow, any means. So I don't focus much on turkeys, man. Well, I will say on the turkeys, I mean, it, it is an awesome hunt, especially if you're on some good property and, and the birds act right. I mean, it's a, it's a ball. But when they're not, man... That it's like a marriage. When it's when it's great, it's great. When it's bad, it's bad. You know. And uh, we was in Indiana actually um, for the Scentlock uh, meetings the other day, and the weather was bad. Birds um, just wasn't talking, and uh, it was just kind of a more or less, I guess you'd say, hangout camp than anything. Uh, and it was just one of those deals where it just it just. It just wasn't no good. The the birds wasn't where they need to be yet, or they wasn't on the properties we could get on. And uh, then we roll into Tennessee, and, you know, seems like you can sweet talk just about any bird you want to, and we had success down there. Um, but it just depends on where you're at and, you know, timing and weather on the turkeys. But I got some buddies, them jokers, they do like I do deer hunting. They're all over the place, and I've learned when you're in turkey camp, how the time sets up, you know, you come in at nine o'clock by the time you get done eating and then everybody gets done, you know, hanging out, talking and so forth. You know, it's one or two o'clock in the morning. Then you right back up at four o'clock rolling again. You don't get much sleep during turkey season. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, again, it's, it's one thing, you know, I'll go once or twice a year 
um, if a buddy asked me to go or, or, you know, there's a, a group of guys going and, and, uh, I'll go once or twice a year, but I certainly don't qualify myself as a turkey hunter, uh, just because it's, it's not something I, I mean, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's always a blast, but, uh, it just know, don't, when, it just don't blow your dress up like the big game stuff. Yes. That's what oh, I'm I get. About. I, I know. I get what you're saying. Trust me. No, I understand. Well, and really it boils down to this. Uh, you know, with three young kids, um, I've kind of got to be particular about the time off and the time oh, yeah. away. Yeah, Mama Bear, we um, done got you. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's one thing to say, "Hey, I'm going on a week long spring bear hunt," um, and and then when I am home, I'm out turkey hunting, uh, or or you know to say, "Hey, I'm going." I mean, just here in two weeks, I'm going on a hog hunt, and so uh, you know, you plan a couple hog hunts and a bear hunt, and uh, all of a sudden it's hard to ask to, to, to leave when you are home to go turkey hunting. So, uh, oh, you know, man. I just gotta, I gotta pick and choose and, uh, and man, bears get me fired up just about more than anything. So, Oh um, yeah, man, it's, it's a rush that you can't describe. I got to experience that two years ago for my first bear hunt. And, you know, you think a, a big bear, you'd be able to hear it or see it coming in, but you don't know they, they slide up on you like a ghost. And when they're there, insane. they're there. Yeah. It's insane. Insane. My uh my wife went on a bear hunt with me last year. I went to to uh, on a bear hunt in Maine. And uh the North Maine woods are the thickest places you've ever been. Um like you can't see past 20 yards, you can't see up at the sky. Um so when it gets dark, it's dark. And I yep. mean dark dark. And uh so we're sitting there in a ground blind and every twig, leaf or twig that she heard turn over she thought a bear was coming through that blind and i'm like you don't get it if you hear it it's probably not a bear yeah and uh but then man we came out of that blind one night and uh it was pitch black and uh you want to talk about a scared little gal um she decided this ain't for me i'm gonna sit at the lodge the rest of the time you go hunting (laughs) Uh, I, i will say this one night i was walking out and I get back to the road, and I thought to myself, uh, well, I'm just going to walk up the road as far as I can until the guide comes. That way, you know, just less time and rather than just sitting here. So uh, I take off walking up that road, and, and uh, I'm walking up the road, and uh, I take a step through a narrow part where there's trees on both sides of me. And all of a sudden, dude, a bear just busts out of there, um, obviously scared, running the other way. But when you see a bear, 10 feet from you in the pitch black it's pretty stinking terrifying oh yeah so the rest of the time i was walking down that road buddy i was singing to the top of my lungs making (laughs) sure making sure everything else in the woods was far away from me i was singing i was singing any song i could get a hold of singing kumbaya uh, (laughs) just as loud as i could man and uh but I didn't tell my wife that that I had that close encounter. And, and again, I was in no danger. I mean, when I passed it, it just took off running, you know. Oh, um, I was in no danger, but it still scared the bejesus out of me. And so I didn't tell her about the close call. Uh, that way, she'd come back out and hunt with me again. Uh, oh, yeah. She ended up. She ended up not. But anyway. Oh, I got a. I got two good or three really, but I'll make them short. Um, first year that I went up to 4T. Um, I killed my bear. I smoked him. He runs about 10 yards, dies. 
lets out, you know, a death moan. And I've since I've been little, you know, everybody that bear hunts always talks about that. When I got to experience, you know, face to face with that animal, and it was it was a it was a a feeling that you can't describe. I mean, you know, it just gives you it gives me chills right now just talking about it. And it's uh, a, a ear, it's an eerie noise. Oh, that's for oh sure. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. And a guy in camp, he shoots a bear, and he didn't make the best shot on it. Well, that night we go track it, and I got it's me. I'm flagging. Tony D's running a big light, and then uh, my good buddy Russ Comer, um, he was with us running the axe because up the, in them parts you were not allowed to have a firearm on a track job, which is crazy, but that's just, you know, that's the rules you got to go by. So we're cutting our way through this jungle, and we're on blood, and we get to this, like, little dip. We've been tracking for about 80 to 100 yards, and we stop, and I said, man, y'all smell that. And about the time that come out of my mouth, that bear runs by me and hits my shoulder blade. Oh, and, Lord and, have and mercy. I, and I said, oh, and Russ, he uh, he's like my pawpaw. And when he says, son, it's time to go, it's time to go because he's been in some situations what no man even think about being in, you know, or could dream of being in. And when he looked at me and he said, well, it's North Dakota, son, it's time to go, you know. I said, yeah, buddy, you ain't got to tell me twice. Let's go. And, uh. But we end up recovering the bear the next day, and then this past year, um, last the last set we was on, we were stubborn this year. We went after one big bear we called Man. He was an absolute giant. He was probably I know he was well over seven foot, probably seven three, seven four black bear. He was a giant, and uh, I was letting just bears I should have shot a hundred times over walk just hunting that one in particular bear. And the last set we went to this other spot that'd been just getting hammered, and it's one o'clock. I hear something to my left, and I kind of look and I look back to the right, and there's this my dream bear standing there, this big chocolate, this mega giant, and hit my producer, and I'm like, "Here we go, time to get to work." Bear comes in. It's at like eight yards. I'm clipped up, about to draw on it, and as soon as I'm about to draw on it, I hear something up under me. I look, and there's four little cubs. There's a cinnamon cub, a choc- two chocolate cubs, and a, a black cub with, like, a chocolate face. Just beautiful, beautiful animals, and they're probably six months old. Well, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, man, I can't shoot this bear because if I do, these cubs ain't going to make it. So we sat there and watched. They put on a show for probably two hours. Just, I'm talking, we had a birthday cake in the chum pile, and they got icing all over them, man. It's it's going to be awesome. It, oh, dude, it was awesome. I mean, it's it's awesome. And had a GoPro uh, in the chum pile, and the mama picks it up just kind of with her mouth, and just, you can see me and my producer up in the stand, and you see her pick it up with her mouth, and she just kind of chunks it. I thought she'd eat it, honestly. And uh, we're sitting there and, you know, taking all this in and just enjoying everything every second of it and a squirrel or a bird or something kind of made some racket well when that happened the cubs just hit the trees and they're up in our laps and about that time mama bear stands up on her back legs and she come out of complete camera frame she was so tall and i about went through the back of the oak tree that i was sitting in because i felt about a centimeter big i ain't never felt so small and helpless in my life i mean she was pretty much eye level with me and I kind of looked at my producer, and he kind of looked at me like, oh, my God, you know. And uh, we had a Moultrie trail camera set up down there, and it got it on camera also. And it was 
it was a uh, a memory that I'll never forget. Um, just kind of showed how you know how powerful those animals are. You know, you don't want to you don't want to misjudge them because they'll they'll upset you quick. Right. Are you going on a spring bear hunt? You got any spring bear plans? Uh, I never did a spring hunt. I was going to do one last year, but since the whole pandemic stuff was going on, uh, all the borders got closed, so we didn't get to do one. We might do one this year if the if the borders open back up. Um, but I know definitely I'll be hunting uh, bear September first. Um, now I do want to talk real quick about uh, spring versus fall bears. Um, are you a big cooker? You like to eat wild game, prepare wild game? Uh, man, to be honest with you, I kill it, and my lady cooks it. Okay, that's fine. Well, hey, man, I uh, I do a little thing called cooking one-on-one. And, uh, I got you. It's, it's well, I, might, our, I might learn something. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's brought to our good friends by Rebel 6 uh, Seasonings. Uh, Rebel 6 makes all different sorts of outdoor uh, – I'm sorry, wild game seasonings. Uh, so for whatever kind of uh, meat you're preparing, they make a seasoning for it. Really cool. Uh, if you're cooking deer, they've got venison seasonings. They've got fish seasonings, bear seasonings. Uh, now, what is your favorite wild game? I would probably say, well, man, all of it's good. Uh, probably I'd say favorite uh, Midwest corn-fed deer. Yes, it's hard to beat that. I've, I mean, bear backstraps is off the chain. I've I had that um, last year and the year before. We always try to eat it when we're up there because I'm not able to bring it back um, just because our travel schedule. Um, I was really, really impressed with bear. Um, now, that's what really I was going to tell you. You had fall bear. Yep. Fall bear seems to be, in my experience, 10 times better than spring bear. Um, so when we're talking cooking, if you want meat to eat, go for a fall mm-hmm. bear. Uh, they're fatter. Uh, you know, they've stored up their fat for the, for hibernation and, uh, they're, they're so much sweeter. If you're in a place with berries, they've been eating on berries yeah. and it, it's just, they're a hundred times better. Um, a bear in the fall always tastes in my experience. Now don't start shooting me emails saying, dude, I've had spring <laughs> bear. It's good. I'm not saying all spring bear is bad, and I'm not saying spring bear in general is bad. I'm just saying in my experience in the fall, bears taste a lot better. Um, And uh, I'll tell you, here's what you need to do. Make breakfast pizzas. uh, So just buy your regular crust and uh, make breakfast pizzas, but use bear meat for the sausage. Uh, My buddy buddy Austin uh, shot him a nice bear last year in Colorado, and and I heard him say that. And he wasn't even, like, telling me to try it, but I heard him say – uh, breakfast pizza with bear sausage and i was like okay i'm on it and uh and so i did it a few days later just fantastic uh bear meat makes fantastic sausage uh i told uh, i told alec and steve both that i want to make a t-shirt that just says bear for breakfast it would probably sell yeah man it's just it's fantastic meat uh i love it so uh now Real quick before we go, we mentioned I did mention Pope and Young, and and mm-hmm. I just want to throw this in there. Uh, the Pope and Young Convention is July 14th through the 17th, and I want to see each and every single one of you there. We're going to be doing some filming for Bear Archery. It's going to be a blast. Um, so come out and see us. We have a fantastic lineup of speakers going to be there. Uh, Michael Waldell, um, 
Andrew McKean, Remy Warren, Nick Hoffman. Uh, it's just going to be a blast. Um, go to Pope and Young, pope-young.org backslash convention um, to get more information. But I would absolutely love to see all you guys there. We're going to have shooting lanes. So show up. Let's shoot some bows together. Let's hang out. Let's have a good time because uh, it's going to be a blast. So make sure and, and at least look into it if you can't come. Um, now, you know, you know that Fred Bear was big on his field notes. Uh, so I always like to ask my my guest, uh, what's a field note you've learned over the years? Uh, just something that that you have learned and taken uh, to become a better hunter, and something I can uh, put in my arsenal to make me a better hunter. Oh man, that's a big question. Uh, don't ever take anything for granted. Um, and at the end of the day, man, that's a big question. But you got me off guard with that one. That's what I like to do. I got you one. Got, you, you got me on that one. I'm thinking. I got one. You thinking? I'll, I'll share mine. Pee out of your tree stand uh, all the time. <laughs> pee out of your tree stand. Uh, I, you know, I grew up. My dad was a scent freak, um, <laughs> and so we pee in bottles, and and, uh, and nobody wants to do that. You forget them in your pack, and it's just nasty. Um, <laughs> well, I read a study one time put out by QDMA, and they said that. Uh, 80% of your pee, I don't remember the exact, uh, the exact, um, percentage, but 80 or 90 or something, 84%, something like that of your pee is ammonia. Well, Mm -hmm. the same percentage of a deer's pee is ammonia. Uh, the other, you know, 13% or the other leftover percent is what you drank or ate or, or toxins leaving your body or whatever. Now within 20 minutes, a hundred percent of your pee has turned to ammonia. So within 20 minutes, your pee smells exactly like that of a deer. Um, oh, yeah. So everything breaks down the chemical balance in it. Absolutely. If I'm hunting and uh, you know I'm hunting over a, a a scrape, pee on it, pee in it. Um, and I've seen bucks go absolutely wild over that. Uh, but also just pee out of your tree stand all the time because uh, not only will it not hurt, but I've seen it help. So, uh, dude, that's probably the best tip I've ever heard on any podcast or any podcast I've ever listened to. There you go, my friend. You heard that's about as cut dry as you can get it right there, buddy. You heard it here first. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a new slogan. Did you think of one for me? Uh, to be honest with you, I'd say hunt every day like it's your last and take every bit, every second in. Yeah, that would that would be. Just off the top of my head, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're all blessed to enjoy enjoy what the good Lord's created for us, you know. And yeah. hunt everyone like, or hunt ever, you know, sit like it's your last and get it, give it everything you got. It's great advice, man. I, uh, you know, whether you like them, love them, or hate them, uh, I tend to love them. But the guys over at the hunting public. Um, every time I watch them, that's just what I think of. I'm like, man, they just go for it. And and I love it. And, uh, you know, they just enjoy doing what they're doing and they don't fall into the monotony of it. They just, they get out there and have a blast. And, uh, and that's what I strive to do. So, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you at on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Facebook, uh, the game on Facebook or Matthew Jennings and, uh, on Instagram, uh, the game three sixty five or Matthew Jennings nineteen ninety on Instagram. Very good. Make sure and go check him out. Puts out some great content, and uh, 
Can't wait to see what he does in the in the twenty three states he's going to this fall. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope not. <laughs> can't can't wait to see what he does and uh, and so go check him out. Uh, before we go, let me give it a, one more quick thank you to my friends over at Three Rivers Archery. Just some fantastic guys over there. Uh, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to to traditional shooting. Uh, so if you are a traditional archer or looking to get into traditional archery. Those guys are a wealth of knowledge, and knowledge is absolutely free. Uh, I call them up on the phone all the time, and uh, they're always happy to answer questions, always happy to help me, uh, whether I'm asking a question on a product they sell or whether I'm asking a technical question on shooting. Always, always happy to answer it. And so check out Three Rivers because those guys are not only uh, one of the world's largest uh, traditional dealers, uh, but they just have incredible amounts of knowledge, and they're willing to give it out to anybody willing to ask. So check out Three Rivers Archeries. Guys, thanks for listening. You guys have a fantastic week. 